You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. I've gone through all of this nonsense of them telling me, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. And when they told me that I couldn't do something, I, that's when I had a greater urge to try to do. Singer, actress, Eartha Kitt. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Orson Welles once called her timeless. With that sultry and distinctive voice, Eartha Kitt established herself very early on as a formidable singer and actress. She started performing professionally in the 1940s and in the 1950s and 60s made several hit recordings. C'est si bon de partir n'importe où Bras dessus, bras dessous En chantant des chansons her single most popular song may in fact be this Christmas tune. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. And baby boomers will recall her role as Catwoman on TV's Batman. Ridiculous. It's Catwoman! I said ridiculous, nonsense, foolish prattle. How can Batgirl be the best anything when Catwoman is around? And the younger folks will recognize her voice from the voiceover work she did on several Disney productions. Now, I never did actually get to meet Eartha Kitt in person, but we talked on the phone one day in 2001 about her book, Rejuvenate. It's never too late. So here now from 2001, Eartha Kitt. Now, this, you said this doesn't have anything directly to do with your autobiographies, but there are certainly memoir type. Uh, you know, the, the, this book is not simply a health and fitness book. It's, it's got memoir parts in it. Yes, because I think the memory parts help uh, people to realize that at least this is a trying to, I'm trying to communicate with them through the fact that whatever you do it's a form of keeping yourself healthy mentally because emotionally if you're happy with yourself the body will then maintain more of a health healthy status now are these principles that you knew somehow intuitively or did you have to learn them yourself over the years well I think both because I through traveling around the world, I have realized the kind of foods that I have eaten over long periods of time with many different cultures, including Africa and, and Hong Kong and Thailand and Burma and Nigeria, South America and across the United States, the kind of foods that I ate that made me feel good or made me feel lethargic or gave me energy or made me feel as though I shouldn't have done that or it was too much, uh, it was too heavy for me or too sweet for me and therefore I didn't have the kind of energy I would have liked to have had and it slowed down my mind. It really does start with the kind of fuel you put in your body, doesn't it? Exactly, and I've always been able to listen to my body, feel what is happening with the body, and realize that if I do the right thing 
for the body mentally through the kind of foods that I was eating and do the right kind of exercises that are fit for my makeup because all exercises are not good for everybody and all foods are not good for everybody. One thing does not uh, go for everybody. What is what this, that saying? What's good for the goose is good <laughs> for the guy. Not necessarily so. So you have to experiment with yourself and find out for yourself what is good for your body, even the exercises with the kind of food that you eat, how you, how it's going to make your mind work as well as how the body is going to behave. And as far as I'm concerned, no matter what kind of exercises that I have done, and I happen to be one of those people who happen to love to exercise because I am, first of all, originally I was a dancer and, a, and an athlete. So I've always been paying very much and very close attention to how my body was behaving but everybody is not able to do the going to the gym and getting on the machines and you don't have the time for that etc etc and therefore you do what is already there like cleaning your house I use that as a form of exercise and watching how I move when I'm doing the house cleaning and I do still do the house cleaning to a great extent because I worked in the New York the New Yorker Hotel as a maid with my aunt back in the 40s, so I know how to clean a house. <laughs> and I haven't forgotten it, and I'm always willing to do that kind of work because I'm helping out the girls who, who clean my house all the time. And that kind of exercise is great for you, but walking, really, and paying attention to how you're walking and what is happening with the body when you're walking. And staying away from those stiletto-type shoes that makes the body really get into very distorted very often it does with some people with most people I would say mm-hmm. so be sure you're wearing the kind of shoes that are healthy for the body and you can carry whatever kind of shoes you want to show off in in your handbag and put those on when you get to where you want to show off now, now you said in your book that you actually had a doctor tell you when you were in your 40s, he, he, he was shocked to find that you were still so physically active. And he said, don't you know that somebody your age shouldn't be doing that? Yes, and I, first of all, he scared the devil out of me. Because the moment I left his office, I started aching all over. <laughs> 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 and I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> so I didn't do the exercises that I usually do, like running on the beach every day, taking my daughter to the skating rink, and I would skate with her sometimes because I had to learn how to skate in order to make her realize that it's not a fearful exercise to do. And I would take her to the skating rink and on the way uh, to the beach, uh, I would do that. And then I would go down to the beach and run every morning. So I went back to doing what I was doing. And I didn't pay any attention to the doctor. If I started aching, it was much, much later on in the years. As a matter of fact, I'm now 74. And when I think I started to realize a little arthritis about three three years ago. And I'm now starting to knit because the hands are not, they tire more quickly when I'm doing the needle pointing. And I did that for a long time, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything in my house has been needle pointed practically, even the rugs. <laughs> so now I'm knitting to keep the hands uh, agile and so that they don't stiffen up on me. Well, that's part of what you're talking about in the book, too, is keeping every part of you active. Yes, that's right. Because, uh, uh, as I said, every part of the body, should you should pay attention to it. You said something in the book. You said that, that people have often 
assumed that for you the body must be pri the primary thing, and you say it's the mind. The mind is more important than anything because it's the mind that makes the body do what you want it to do. And even though you may feel that I'm incapable of doing that, if you start exercising a little bit and gradually move into something a little bit more strenuous, you find that it miraculous things happen because the mind is much more forceful than what we take um, take it for we just take it for granted that I can't do that but when you realize how strong the mind really is you can do that without getting yourself into trouble just do it easily because like I said I'm not fanatical about anything but I do pay attention to trying to keep myself physically fit and mentally alert and I don't want to be paying doctor bills to, for the doctors to tell me what I can't do. I want them to tell me what I can do and enhance and encourage me to do that which they um, realize I'm capable of doing because the body is much stronger than we have a tendency to think it is. And the mind will make it work. Now, one of your chapters is called Stretch. And you mean stretch not just the body, but also the mind there too, don't you? Yes, I do, because we walk... First of all, New York City is one of the most wonderful places in the world to walk. And if we pay attention to what is going on around us, I'm a pe people watcher, maybe because I'm studying characters all the time. And I watch what, how they walk, how they look, and most of the time I can tell what kind of attitude that person is in. Like I say in the book, a dancer to me walks with the feet turned out, you can tell, or an athlete walks in a certain way, or the, the Chinese gentleman, oh, he was an Orientalized, I assume he was Chinese, who walked across the street and looked as though he was still carrying that heavy burden of uh, material things that he was carrying on that pole over his shoulders. He was still walking like that, even though he's living in New York City, and perhaps he doesn't have to do that anymore. But the body has been trained and conditioned to go according to what the mind has told it you have to do this. And therefore, when you want to get out of that kind of stance, if he has been physically um, structured because of the kind of work he was doing and he can't do anything about it, you can still try to uh, erect the body. After this short break, so where exactly is Eartha Kitt from? The answer may surprise you. Now back to my 2001 interview with Eartha Kitt. Do you feel as timeless as Orson Welles once said you were? I do, and I don't feel age. And I'm having more fun with myself now than I've ever had in my life because I've gone through all of this nonsense of them telling me, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. And when they told me that I couldn't do something, I, that's when I had a greater urge to try to do in order to be able to enhance myself in all ways. To speak correctly, for instance. Because if you are with an accent, that's fine. I think it's, I'm not complaining, I'm not talking about it, uh, that as a, a hindrance or an asset. But it can work both ways. If you talk in an ethnic way and you want to be in the theater, for instance, and you want to be a speaker of some kind, you should learn how to speak the English language correctly 
so you have that basic foundation so that you can fall into any ethnicality that you want to when you're called upon to do so. In fact, you, you do that so well. Do you find some people are surprised to learn you were born in this country? Yes, they still think that I'm a foreigner. <laughs> no, and I don't want to be a foreigner. I happen to love this country, and when I was living in all of the other countries, I always wanted to come back to America, because no matter what we're going through, we're getting to where we want to go as far as being a properly conducted country. But it takes time. We're a very young country, and we have to grow. Well, I have to tell you what some of my favorite parts of the book were, were the part where you were, are, are rebellious with, with, for a specific cause. You said rebellion just for the sake of rebellion is not a good idea. But to re be rebellious against stupid rules, and th those, those are very good parts of the book. <laughs> That's right. If the rules, if the law says it, it is right, feels right to me, I said, fine. But if the law doesn't make any sense, and the rules and regulations do not make any sense, I don't see any reason why I should follow them. I'm not going to be impolite about it, but my way is staying on my own path and having a free thought about analyzing everything that is around me and everything that I get involved with. It may take a little longer to analyze it to the point where I want to go in that direction that I feel I should be going in because I have to analyze both sides of, or sometimes seven or five or six, seven sides of, of a situation. But when I make the step to take that move, then use 99 and 9 tenths of the time, for me, it was the right thing to do. Because that's one of the things that makes us old, isn't it? Is it if we just accept the rule and say, Oh, well, I guess that's the way it has to be. And I can't fight City Hall, and God <laughs> meant it to be this way, and all of those sort of things that mm -hmm. makes us feel that we don't have a chance. So why try? <laughs> but like the saying goes with the first, with the, the Afro-American, for instance, or the dark-skinned people in the United States who feel uh, we are the first to be hired, and the last to be hired, and the first to be fired. So why bother to get the education well that is the stupidest sense of thinking that i've ever heard in my life because you're not even giving yourself a chance you're not giving anything a chance the society a chance the community a chance the government a chance to help you get to where it is that you want to go you've just given up before you even tried it also occurred to me, uh, we, we, I only got a minute or so left, but I wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed you as Catwoman, and I'm wondering if that's another way that you could stay young, because people still see you, they, they see the, the 30 years ago Eartha Kid. Well, I, I don't say that I'm thinking in terms of a cat, but <laughs> I still move like one, they tell me. And of course, a cat to me has always been a good luck charm. And so are my animals who are sitting right next to me now, my little poodle. I have two of them now, and I try to take them everywhere I can because that's also one of the ways of keeping yourself mentally alert and physically fit because if you have an animal that you have to take for a walk, you've got to get out of the house and take that walk. Even if it's a stroll, you're going to go out and you're going to see something different and you're going to realize how wonderful it was for that animal to make you do what it has to do. Go for a walk. Mention your website. Yeah, EarthaKit.com. Kit! Yes. It's EarthaKit.com, the website. That's it. We're cutting into this computerized. <laughs> Isn't <Yes>. it exciting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> your spirit is getting, um, getting lost somewhere. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... Or that your soul is being taken away <laughs> so it, because it's going into this computerized system of technology. Although I can't be too critical of it because that's how I met my second wife. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Oh, I'm ecstatic, and I feel 10 years younger for having met her. Oh, good. Isn't that something what people can do for each other that also have what the book has to do with relationships? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you don't have to do this alone, do you? No, the, oh, have a partner that you that is not a negative partner. The reason why I got a divorce is because my husband was always putting me down, mm-hmm. and said this is not for me at all. And if you keep that kind of partner with you, then of course you will always be put down, and that makes you feel old. That's true. But if you have friends around you that are negative, or so-called friends who are always telling you that you're not doing the right thing, or da 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 da, you should be doing this and that and the other. You have to pay attention to your own soul and your own conscience but yep. get that education because that also keeps you young and enables you to think faster and better Eartha Kitt died on Christmas Day 2008 just days before her 82nd birthday and you can get your copy of Rejuvenate It's Never Too Late by clicking on the link in our show notes or by going to our website HeardEverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, don't miss my 1991 interview with the longtime MC at the Apollo Theater, Ralph Cooper. You know, at the Apollo Theater, we've had just about everyone come through there that was worth anything, you know? We've created some tremendous uh, stars, superstars, as a matter of fact. And my 1994 conversation with Eartha Kitt's Batman co-star, Batman himself, Adam West. Wayne Manor Library set. We always threw the switch in the head of Shakespeare and we'd run to the library wall, right? And the wall was supposed to open on time. And we did not hopefully splatter into the wall, which happened frequently. And of course, we post new episodes of Now I Heard Everything here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, the man who is widely credited with helping establish the sexual predator profiling unit at the FBI, my 1999 conversation with the renowned Roy Hazelwood. There are people who have the characteristics of a serial killer, but have never harmed anyone. And there are people who are serial killers who have those same characteristics and have murdered 15, 20 or more. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. 